Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen, or you're actually going to decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap, all right, I'm gonna do this now. The Wellness Breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the Wellness Guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the Country Place. Ten acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria, February 17th to 19th. It's each and every single one of you are going to support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine-chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christoph, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damien Christoph. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is The Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicating bringing wellness into our lives. Boys, it's great to be back. It's great to have all three of us on these podcasts. And more importantly, we actually have a very special guest today because this guest has been on our podcast, but so long ago is it actually in episode 120 welcome back to the wellness guy show helen pattern um let's talk a little bit about helen helen uh there's so much stuff that we can talk about helen we'll take actually half an hour just to go through all the things she's done but here are some of the highlights she's a naturopath she's a nutritionist she's a medical herbalist and more importantly she's an author she has authored uh in several books one of them being baba yama yum baba yum yum uh which is a great book and also has co-authored with um pete evans on the paleo way for new moms babies and toddlers and uh, it's one of the the newest book that i believe has come out is the um, gut health guide uh, which is also called off uh, the gut health cookbook uh, which is co-authored by chef pete evans so welcome to the wellness guy show thank you guys it's uh, a pleasure and an honor to be back uh, Helen, it's it's uh, one of the things that you uh, we had a, you you know a Northern Beaches girl. We we got together for um, uh, for breakfast one day because everybody at the last Wellness Summit was talking about you. Uh, everybody I met, it seemed like oh you know Helen sent us here and uh, Helen told us to come to the Wellness Summit. It was just amazing to see how many people uh, you actually sent our way to come to the Wellness Summit. So we, first of all, I just want to on, on the air just to say. Thank you so much for, on behalf of all three of us to um, to supporting us in in the, in the Wellness Summit and really appreciate it. Well, you know, uh, we would love to to, to kind of have you on board at some point in time. But more importantly, that you had such a great influence on all these people. Um, you 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 have private practice. You're you're booked out uh, from our conversation last time. You know what what drove you to you know become a naturopath and what to kind of go into this path of health. First of all, thank you. It's um, really lovely to hear that. And, you know, sometimes when you're stuck in the everyday um, motions of being in clinic and doing all the writing, you don't necessarily um, 
hear all the feedback that's out there. So um, it's nice to hear that. And it's also a pleasure to send people your way because you guys are doing fantastic things in, in getting the word out there and helping to empower people to take um, get that control back over their health. So I'm always a fan of supporting that. Um, but I guess to answer your question as to how I came to be doing this, it was more from my own experience growing up. Um, and I guess it's a um, similar story in some ways uh, for a lot of people who are in this field, not everybody, of course, but a lot of people have had to, you know, overcome their own health challenges and and I'm one of those. So, um, you know, from, from the get-go, basically, I had some challenges that I needed to surmount. Um, thanks to modern medicine, you know, I am here because I did try to enter this world um, three months too early. But uh, because of the processes that needed to be undertaken to actually um, keep me alive, basically, uh, that resulted in disruptions of my guts and my immune system. So um, from my early infancy, I had um, uh, eczema and uh, soon developed asthma as well. Um, the first thing I remember uh, going to the doctor for, as I've um, shared in the book with everyone, is constipation, which I remember was not a pleasant experience to, to go to the doctor for. Um, and I, yeah, I used to be so allergic to a lot of foods like egg white, I just had to touch and I would come out in hives and a rash all over and um, things kind of progressed through my teens where I would get uh, hay fever. I used to, you know, the alarm used to go off in the morning for me to get up to go to school and I'd pop my antihistamine and take my puffers and and um, then I would get recurrent tonsillitis or um, bronchitis actually for quite a few years in year nine. I had pneumonia in year 11. I had shingles like, and throughout um, a decent portion of my teens and into my 20s, I actually experienced quite a bit of depression, which, you know, now when I look back at the whole connection between um, the gut, the immune system and the brain, it's really no surprise to me that I was feeling pretty terrible. Um, and also, you know, throw in some polycystic ovaries in there as well in my early 20s. So I've kind of had a smorgasbord of experiences there. And my process um, to wellness kind of just evolved um, a bit organically. So my sister, um, unbeknownst to her at the time, was a bit of an influence because she had uh, done a short course in aromatherapy. And when my niece was born, I used to get her, um, my sister's aromatherapy book out and look up oils and use them on my niece. And um, I was 15 at the time and, and I just started to realise how how effective these oils were. And so that kind of piqued my interest a bit more into um the natural health world. I was always a little bit of a greenie. I thought I might be a park ranger when I grew up. Um, but yeah, so that piqued my interest there. And then through school, I used to, I guess, get paid out a bit by my friends for eating healthier, but I wasn't really consciously trying to eat healthy that I remember. I just was trying to 
pick foods that I didn't feel so terrible on when I did eat them. Um, and I look back at photos from that um, time and I can see, you know, the puffiness in my face and around my eyes and the quality of my skin and all the things that I notice now when I see people in clinic and, and walking down the street for that matter and go, wow, I can see what's going on with their, with their gut and their immune system now and their inflammatory processes. So... Quick question, yeah, Helen. Quick I, question, Helen. With regards yeah. to that, when you get used to be picked on all the time uh, with eating, do you, yeah. does has that changed now? Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess I have different people around me. I mean, when I got picked on a bit, it was just in jest. I have to say, you know, it wasn't anything serious. It was, um, it wasn't anything I was, you know, traumatized by or anything like that. It was just more a bit of a joke. Um, and these days, um, you know, maybe my dad still picks on me a bit. <laughs> apart from, apart from that, um, no, I guess I've actually, you know, chosen my my friends and my community over the years. So it is Helen. very easy to just, you know, be me and eat what I want and hang out with people who like food. I kind of base my friends on who likes real food. If you like real food, you can be my friend. <laughs> Hey, Helen, it was piqued my interest before when you mentioned that you grew out of your allergies because, or, or sorry, that you you used to have allergies because a lot of people sort of have allergies to certain foods and think that either that's a life sentence or, or they think that somehow magically they might just grow out of it if they get lucky. Um, but, but, you know, I think now we're learning a lot more about that. So I'd love to talk about how, how you... Uh, how you used to be allergic to stuff and what you did to be not as allergic to stuff anymore because I think it's really important for people to understand that that can be possible. Yeah, absolutely. So there's um, a few elements to um, allergies and what's going on there. I think if you look at um, what's going on behind the scenes with allergies, uh, the immune system is overreacting to substances that it Things are um, dangerous or, or causing a bit of a threat, and so you have this histamine response. Um, but when you look at what drives that histamine kind of reaction, a lot of it comes down to what is going on in your gut, and so that's where, um, well, one of the areas where gut health is so important because if we look at healing and sealing the gut. And remember for me, you know, I had gut issues from the get-go um, and my immune system was out of whack. And so then we look at what goes on with gut flora and how those gut bugs, which, you know, vastly outnumber our own human cells, um, they play a key role in regulating the immune system. So depending what kind of bugs you have growing in your gut will um will affect whether you are more prone to getting asthma and or eczema and or allergies or IBS or those reactive kind of conditions or on the other end of the spectrum whether you might be more prone to uh, developing autoimmune conditions like um, rheumatoid arthritis or celiac disease or um, multiple sclerosis or any number of the, you know, modern um, autoimmune epidemics that we're kind of experiencing at the moment. So um, I think over the years it was the fact that I gradually was choosing foods that I felt better on, so less bloating. And I used to find that, you know, when, and I still do, you know, if I eat something that doesn't agree with me, if, if I get bloated, then my I get the brain fog and my mental health just really suffers as well. You know, I just feel more um, 
either flat or get the blues or something like that. It used to be a lot worse in the past. But so, um, yeah, your food choices really influence your both your gut lining but also your gut tenants, you know, who what bugs are going to grow in your gut. So by choosing that, you start to um, moderate what's going on with your immune function. Um, and then just to add to that, you know, it's one thing I found really fascinating over the last few years, you know, I kind of ended up eating basically paleo by accident. It wasn't like I saw this paleo diet and thought, oh, wow, you know, I want to try that out. Um, it was more a process of trial and error and working with a lot of children who have autism and severe gastrointestinal disorders um, and through that process and looking into gut healing protocols and what was required to restore healthy gut flora, um, what the diet ended up looking like was paleo, basically, um, particularly for that healing phase. So that's how I came to that. And one thing that I found really fascinating was people who had seasonal hay fever. So apparently allergies that didn't seem to have anything to do with what you eat uh, because it was a seasonal thing, it was allergies to grasses and pollens and stuff like that. When they eliminate grains from the diet, often those grass allergies go away. And now that I, you know, think about it and I go, well, yes, grains are the seeds of grasses and so therefore you've got this constant kind of triggering of the immune system in susceptible people. That makes sense. But um, I, it wasn't something I had thought of originally, but it's something I've seen time and time again with people with those seasonal allergies that they just clear up and there's, they've had, you know, been taking antihistamines and steroids for six months of every year until that point to manage symptoms and now it's gone just by changing diet. So that's pretty powerful. It's so fascinating, isn't it, um, you know, looking at how people's gut does become inflamed and largely that inflammation is controlled by the bacteria. And we're starting to learn a whole lot more about that, Helen, and we're seeing that, you know, there's gut healing protocols coming out from left, right and centre. There's people starting up, you know, cultured, you know, food workshops and all this sort of thing. But there also still seems to be some kind of urgency around the speed at which all of this is completed. What, in your experiences, how, how long does it take really for someone to get their gut nice and healed and nourished and flourished and feeling fantastic again? Uh, it's a pretty slow process, really. Um, so while you can make some good gains in a reasonably short period of time, um, a good ballpark figure to get some great healing done is really about two years. Okay, so... Um, I think so it's not like a three-month kind of thing that some people like to do a bit of a gut detox and, you yeah. know, throw in a couple of little probiotics and maybe some hydrochloric acid and then they go, oh, you know, I should be fixed by now. This is something that because the damage has been done, you've got yeah. to regrow the forest. Those, it's going to take a bit of time. That's right. I mean, those protocols um, done appropriately can be fantastic and really help to peel back another layer of the onion, so to speak, um, in that healing process. But it's not like you can just do a protocol for three months and then you're all hunky-dory and everything's sorted out. Um, there's two things to keep in mind. One is if you do something for three months, get great results, and then go back to old habits, you're just going to get old problems come back. So um, we want to and we need to think about these things in more of a long-term and evolutionary kind of perspective. So I like to think of 
health as an evolution um, in that it's not about making quick changes. It's about making sustainable changes, however slowly that may be. So keeping in mind the tortoise always wins the race because you want the the changes that you implement in your diet and your lifestyle because it isn't just food either. It's mostly food, but it isn't just food. So it does, it is really a lifestyle. And um, if you try and change everything all at once, A, that's incredibly challenging and B, it usually doesn't last. Um, you know, things tend to come to a screeching halt and then, um, and then the sabotage and the old habits come back again. So it's much more important to forget about being perfect. Um, just make one simple step at a time that's going in the direction that um, you want to be heading in, which uh, for people in this process is generally the direction of feeling better. Um, so, yeah, one step at a time. And as the weeks and months and years roll on, you just keep feeling better and better. Like I feel better now 20 years on than I did back in my teens so um, I'd like to continue that <laughs> trajectory so um, yeah it's not a quick fix but in saying that you do experience a lot of improvements along the way I love so, that I love yeah. that I love the concept of you what you're saying is that you know you're you're better now and healthier now um, than you were say 20 years ago but you actually want to continue to be healthier 20 years from now than you actually currently are so that's a great way of looking at life <laughs> from there because what I mean you've written several books and and the first couple of books were on you know to de deal with new moms and babies and, and toddlers um, and you know this re new new book that you come up with with Pete Evans is is with gut health what are some of the challenges between uh, what are the key Kids growing up in today's world, um, that uh, regards to gut health, like what are some of the challenges that's causing this problem, or you know that may be a challenging for them as they lead into teenage years and also adulthood, and what are some of the ways for us to continue, continue to maybe minimize it or min mitigate some of the risk? Okay, yeah. So I guess um, there's quite a lot of challenges in terms of gut health these days because. Um, of quite a number of factors. There's there's the lifestyle factors, um, medical factors, and uh, dietary factors. So, if we look at food first of all, um, everybody's busy these days, right? I think, um, as I say in clinic, a lot of the time, our, our biggest disease and uh, the biggest epidemic of today's busyness. Um, and we're out of rhythm and routine and uh, it's very hard for parents who are, you know, um, doing what they need to to you know, pay the bills and, and um, do the things they want to in life and have that time to spend in the kitchen to cook real food. So there's not really any shortcuts around um, eating nourishing food to a degree, like there are simple things that you can cook and there are easy things that you can do and there are, are tricks that you can learn along the way to make things speedier and more efficient, but at the crux of it, you need to get back in the kitchen, um, which is something Michael Pollan um, has said as well, you know, the first step to um, achieving health or regaining health is getting back in the kitchen. So I totally agree with that. We need to get back to eating real food. Um, and less packaged food and and what you know when I was a kid and you know maybe you guys as well I don't know what your upbringings were like but soft drinks were strictly just for the odd party um, 
there it wasn't a junk food thing every day whereas now you know there's there's parties all the time there's soft drink every day there's um, a lot of fruit juices and cordials and a lot of packaged food a lot of convenience food um, some schools and preschools are providing meals but they're not necessarily particularly nutritious um, a lot of processed starchy carby things are going in there and and they're the kind of foods that really um, foster overgrowths in the guts of opportunistic bacteria or yeasts or parasites and stuff like that. So food, food is a huge one. Um, you know, with uh, even you can go back to childbirth as well for one of the lifestyle, I know, is that a lifestyle factor, a medical factor? Um, you know, sometimes C-sections are needed and are life-saving and that is 100% totally fine. Um, but there is an extraordinary rate of elective C-sections because of um, women being scared to go through uh, the birthing process rather than being empowered to go through it. Um, and there can be other reasons as well. But I think a C-section for the sake of a C-section kind of puts both mum and bub at higher risk. So it puts bub at higher risk of things like um, allergies, eczema, asthma and diabetes because of the difference in the development of the gut microbiome. And it also predisposes mum to have more troubles with postnatal depression and things like that. So I think as much as possible encouraging and empowering women and their partners to have um, as close to a natural birth as possible. Of course, you know, you always have your ideals, but you have to go with whatever um, comes up at the time. You can't plan these things to a T. But um, as much as possible, trying to do things so that you're getting that good inoculation of bugs right from the get-go is going to affect, you know, the rest of your life. So it's worth investing in. Hey, Helen, changing tack a little bit, um, you mentioned before you were talking about setbacks and you were saying that, you know, sometimes when you aren't eating as well, you notice a difference, you know, physically but also mentally, it, it really affects you. Um, mm -hmm. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how you deal with that because that can be really challenging for people, you know, as we said, healing your gut can be a long process, it can take two years and so people can get really, I guess, upset and down about those setbacks and, and also for someone like yourself who is you know, the expert seen as the guru, then then sometimes that can be an added challenge of, you know, not feeling at your best and, and dealing with the pressure from those around you who sort of expect mm. you to be sometimes perfect all the time. So can you talk about that, uh, how you deal with those setbacks? Yeah, yeah. Well, there can definitely be the um, pressures that um, are put on myself. You know, I'm putting them on myself, worrying um, about being perfect sometimes because, um, yeah, there is that perception that um, because I don't, I don't even, I don't even like calling myself an expert, but because I know a few things on gut health, <laughs> that um, you know, and and health in general, that mine is a hundred percent. But the the reason I know about it is because mine hasn't been, and um, I think it's important to remember that you know we're all human and we're all in this together. This is one thing that I'm really passionate about is being a community about this and um, sharing the journey and, and people not having to, um, you know, put on a face or pretend that everything's perfect all the time. I see so many people in clinic who think like, 
and I used to as well, why, you know, why have I got these problems? I do so much, you know, I do everything right or I do so many things right and I'm so sensitive and if I just have this little thing, things go wrong and other people can do, you know, eat Maccas and they feel fine or, you know, whatever it is. But what I've learned over the years is everyone puts on a really good mask and from people sitting in my chair in clinic most people around them would think they're totally fine as well but they're coming into my room and they're anything but yeah they've got serious um, chronic health conditions they might be depressed or anxious or have major pain or be planning their entire day around where toilets are or you know there's so many things that are going on for people that they just don't let on about so First of all, I think just make it okay to to talk about it and um, that way everybody can grow and learn together. So that's a big one. And then um, for, you know, I guess it's an interesting point to cover coming out of Christmas as well because a lot of people over Christmas may have been eating things they don't normally um, and that tends to change over time as well. Like over Christmas, I didn't eat any differently than I eat the rest of the time, basically. And, that, and that's because I just really, really enjoy the food that I do eat. I don't feel like I have any sense of deprivation or missing out on anything. I view food as it should be a sensory pleasure as well as really nourishing. And when food's made out of fake ingredients, it just absolutely has no appeal to me at all. So um, it gets easier as time goes just to stick with your new norm basically Um, but if you do go off the rails a bit so what use it as an opportunity for observation it's not a failure it's it's an observation point so you can be like I ate that and I had a little bit of this and I did that and I feel like this well that's really interesting that shows me what an impact what I have been doing in these months leading up to Christmas has had on my health and how um how important is that to me? Okay, so it's quite important and it gives you that extra inspiration that you need to take the next step. So I think it can be quite empowering in a way to have these little observation points, as I, I call them, because um, it does allow you to reevaluate and get a bit of perspective on how far you've come. Because um, one thing being on a wellness journey is sometimes um, – People can get fixated on the next thing to fix. Okay, now I've got to fix this or now I want this to be better or it's looking at the next problem rather than actually I've actually achieved a hell of a lot over the last few months or over the last year or the last 10 years or, you know, whatever it is. So That's a great point, yeah. Yeah, remember. Great point. So I think, we, you know, we're all practitioners here. We all see that that is the case. You know, people often don't celebrate their little wins along the way but it's really important to you know keep track of that and great points too helen you've got exciting things coming up you know you're doing some things you're launching a new program soon you told us off air before that you're going to be doing that um you're very passionate about uh, children uh, eating great food and and of course you're very you know um engaged in the community and you've written a number of books tell us what's coming up next for you helen what are you what are you working on at the moment what are we uh, expecting to see from you through 2017 what can we expect from from you this year so um coming up we've got a few um events in january actually so in perth on the 21st uh there's a day called sweet as and we're going to be talking about sugar. We're going to be showing that sugar film with uh, Damon Gamow. 
and there's going to be an expo there. It's, um, Mel and Bendy Benz from Paleo Nutter will be sharing their experiences and, and how they've managed um, transitioning their their diet and their health as a family unit. They have two um, teenage kids so and their whole family is thriving now as a result of changes they've made. So um, that's on the 21st in Perth. And we've got uh, the gut health events in Sydney and Melbourne on the 28th and 29th of January. And then in February, I'm going to be launching a nine-day program. So um, it's basically a challenge to get people to get excited about and eat more veggies um, and have them a nice feature of the plate rather than a, a soggy overcooked afterthought. Helen, so, Helen we'll love to talk about that for a quick sec. Like, I mean, you're talking about nine days. Um, I mean, everybody knows, listening to this, knows they need to eat more veggie. What is the, what's the challenge? Like, what do you think are some of the major challenges that stop people from even wanting to start there? So I think um, part of it is uh, there's a bit of a, a lack of confidence in knowing how to prepare veggies. A lot of us were brought up with veggies as a side rather than as a, a focus on the plate and a um, while, and there's a, often a big misconception about paleo as well, being all about having bacon on top of your steak. So um, it's actually what we're promoting is a highly plant-based diet mm -hmm. with small to moderate amounts of protein. So we want it to be tasty and delicious as well um, and also easy to prepare. So the recipes in the program are all simple. They're all delicious. They're all mostly veggies. Um, you know, I've, like you guys and all of us, we've all got busy lifestyles at the moment. So it's not about cooking up a major feast every day. It's about what can be thrown together that's going to be really nourishing, that's going to provide really good food for all the bacteria in your gut to help out your bowels, to help your immune system and your skin pick up your energy levels, get a bit of a detox happening. Um, so, yeah, just want to make it simple to get more veggies in the plate. I think uh, we just found stats on the Australian Bureau of Statistics saying that only 7% of Australians even eat the um, daily recommendations for veggies, which is pretty atrocious, right? Mm. So 7%. Um, and the Australian recommendations are pretty... Um, pretty low. Uh, They're pretty light on, aren't they? They're like, you know... Yeah. If you'd like to eat vegetables, please feel free to do so. And if you do, try to get colours. And if you're going to eat yeah. some, maybe try one or two. Yeah. That's kind of it. Okay. Don't, uh, don't overdo it, though, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> Jeepers. I don't, you don't hate to step on anyone's toes. Balance and moderation, right? Yeah. yeah everything. Um, one last question. We've got a couple more minutes left. One last question is, why nine days? Why nine days? Because it is really um, achievable, basically. Mm. I want this to be something that people can go, right, I can easily put this nine-day block into my calendar that I'm going to commit to myself, to love myself, to nourish and, and cleanse myself, and it's long enough for people to be able to notice a difference with how they're feeling um, and, yeah, the impact that it's having on energy levels and bowel habits and skin quality and how bright their eyes are and all that kind of stuff. So, 
short enough to make a difference and short enough to be attainable and long enough to make a difference. Yeah. That's great. Thank you so much. Helen, thanks for being on the show again. And uh, like for the, all the listeners, there's uh, several books you want to definitely want to pick up, which is the the, um, the Gut Health Cookbook uh, with Chef Pete, Pete Evans and also the Paleo Way for new moms, babies, and toddlers. Um, and, you know, there's, there's also this new program that's going to be uh, available too uh, as of February, I think it is. So when you're listening yeah. to this and you, if you're listening to this before February, um, we will definitely put it in the show notes, the exact link um, to actually where you can actually join in on this great challenge. I think it's a great uh, way to start off a year. And it's also a great challenge. Nine days is not a long time, but I think that will create enough momentum for a lot of people to um, really kind of, you know, make some significant changes in their lives. So thank you again, Helen, for your, you know, I hate, I know you hate the word expertise, but thanks for your expertise <laughs> and all, all the things that you've been, um, been able to share with us on all the listeners. Um, guys, make sure you like us on Facebook, go there and comment below this particular episode, share this podcast with, other people you think need sort of um, this information that will change their life and subscribe to us on iTunes while you're there please uh, leave us a review and comment and also give us a great rating too so until next week begin creating wellness into your lives lead by example and let's change the world's health together join us next week on the Wellness Guy Show this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.